Well, hey, I'm Andy McMillan, and today we're talking about cups, oil, restaurant service, and I think that's about it. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to my podcast today. I'm Andy, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about life, healthy relationships, and spirituality, and through the last several episodes, we've been going through the 23rd Psalm in the Bible, and it's been a fantastic journey. I've actually heard from several different people that you're really enjoying this uh, series, and I hope that it's encouraging you and building you up and uh, just uh, helping you grow a little bit in your faith. Well, today we're going to finish out verse five. We worked on it a little bit last week, and it says this, that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Now, we're going to talk about the latter half of that, the statement, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. But before we do that, let's read the 23rd Psalm in its entirety. We do this every week in this series, and look, if you're tired of hearing the 23rd Psalm, give me a couple more weeks, and we'll be done. I I hope you're not tired of it, because I enjoy this every single time we sit down and go through this passage. But let's look at this entire chapter of Scripture, Psalms 23. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters, and you restore my soul. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows." Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. This is language that when we hear it, maybe for the first time, as I said last week, you hear it and you kind of go... I don't necessarily know exactly what they're talking about. And I want to give you a little bit of a picture uh, of what this passage means to me and what we also see that it means when we dive into the text a little bit more deeply. Let me ask you a question to start the conversation. Can you remember the best restaurant experience you've ever had? I mean, the absolute best restaurant experience you've had. Top notch, number one, it's it's in your brain permanently. And let's get a little more specific because we could be talking about food, we could be talking about service, we could be talking about ambiance. I'm specifically talking about the service. Can you remember the best service you've ever had? From a restaurant, maybe you got a reservation or maybe you walked up and you were able to walk right in. They, They took you to the table. They talked to you about the restaurant as you're walking to the table. The second you sat down, they already had some water for you ready to go. They immediately took your drink orders. They quickly brought you menus and made sure that any questions that you had about the menu were taken care of. They vibrantly told you the specials of the day and everything just kind of seemed perfect. Like the kind of restaurant when you sit in it that you can't drink your water fast enough, but when you get about halfway or maybe a third left in the glass, somebody comes up, they fill it back up for you. You can't run out, which by the way, Uh, If you don't know me, that is a challenge for any restaurant that I go to. I get people telling me that I drink a lot at almost every restaurant I go to because 
I apparently can hold water like a camel. So I don't know why, but I just drink a lot of water and almost always I get water at restaurants. So, um, I, I drink a lot. I keep waiters on their toes, but even in that environment, like I can remember very few restaurants where waiters or waitresses were on top of it the whole time. Now, can you think about how that experience made you feel? That experience probably made you feel special. It probably made you feel like you mattered, like you were important to that restaurant and your experience was of the most importance to the waiter or the waitress that you had. I can remember that feeling. It makes you feel significant almost, like that that in that moment, you're just a little more important because you're sitting at that table with that server taking care of you. Can you, can you picture that feeling of just feeling, uh, maybe even some people would say you feel a little blessed that somebody is taking that much care and time to take care of you. I think we all know uh, what that's like. Hopefully you've had a good experience. Now, I want to ask the opposite question. Have you ever been to a restaurant that it was absolutely terrible, that it was just terrible service, people were rude, people really didn't check up on you, maybe you ordered an appetizer and an entree and a dessert and they filled your glass like one time in an hour and a half, just a terrible experience. If you're watching this out of the United States, maybe it's harder to wrap your brain around this because I know when I've traveled abroad, either in Central America or in Europe, uh, it, serving is different. Like how people wait on tables is different than it is in the U.S. That that expectation of people keeping up with you has a different feel. But if you're from the United States, you can kind of picture that in your head, right? People waiting on you at a certain level, but then in a terrible experience, all of that going away. People feeling as they're walking you to your table like you're inconveniencing them by showing up to the restaurant. There's a, there's a feeling that's there. Or, I mean, it's, it's not a good feeling. It's not the lack of a feeling. It's definitely a bad feeling. It's a negative feeling. Like, you're unimportant. You're a bother. You're a frustration to the person that is uh, attending to you at the restaurant. I think we can all picture that. And these, these two things are not necessarily connected to how much you spend. I've been in really inexpensive restaurants that the service was impeccable. It was just very intentional. I've been in really expensive restaurants that had absolutely terrible service. I actually, just to further the point uh, even more, I actually had an experience um, the other day going into a restaurant about 15 minutes away from where I live. I won't say the name because... It's a chain that my wife really, really enjoys uh, because it's yum. If you don't know what that means, think about it. You, you might be able to figure out what restaurant I'm talking about. Anyway, I went to this restaurant, yum. And when I went to this restaurant, I went there because I knew my food was going to be yum. Okay, I promise. That's the last time I'm going to do that. Anyway, I went into this restaurant and our waitress that walked us to the table and was our main uh, waitress for the day was incredible. She was top notch. Great attitude, um, very consistent in checking up on us, even though we weren't her only table. She kept our drinks filled. She brought us a free appetizer of a new thing that was on their menu. Um, she asked really specific questions about what we wanted with our food, like how we wanted it prepared. She did a phenomenal job. She made us feel, everybody at that table, feel really good good about the experience. She even took the time to joke around and cut up with us as well. And I really appreciated that. It wasn't, and I know what some of you are thinking, like you may don't, maybe you don't like that. 
she did it at the point where it was just enough to where you enjoyed it, but not so much that you were like, oh my gosh, go away. I mean, it was the perfect amount. Then there was this other waitress we had to deal with. This other waitress was the, was the person who brought us our food. She was much younger and she comes over and you could literally see her coming and she was scowling. And she puts something on the table. She kind of drops it on the table. And she goes, do y'all need anything else? Like sauces or anything? Like it was very dry. It was very irritable. And we said, no. And she goes, fine. And she just walks off. And she goes back to the bar. And she comes back later uh, to check on something else. Oh, to bring us our main food. To bring us our main food. That's what she came back to do. Same thing. She just kind of plopped the food down. It was crazy how different the contrast was between these two waitresses. Now, the other waitress would come back, check on us, make sure we were having a great experience, making sure we had everything just the way we wanted it. But she uh, she was the antithesis of her counterpart. And I, I talk about these two things because it really shows us the value of hospitality. It shows us the value that we place, whether we realize it or not, on being hospitable. Now, you may be watching this and thinking, what in the world does hospitality have to do with what we're talking about today? What does it have to do with the Bible? What does it have to do with Psalms 23? Well, first and foremost, I believe with a core conviction that, that the value of hospitality is actually a biblical value. Now, not only that, I believe we see it in what we're talking about in, um, in uh, Psalms 23, because hospitality at its core is about valuing a person. It's about valuing the other person and caring for that other person. I believe this, and I've said this in other podcasts, that I believe that one of Jesus' greatest gifts that he gave people was the gift of hospitality because he saw people and he cared for them and he honored them whenever he had the opportunity. And that's what hospitality is. It's the opportunity to care and honor for a person. And when we look at this passage of scripture in Psalms 23, where it says, you anoint my my head with oil and my cup overflows. This is in and of itself a picture of God's hospitality and care towards us. Now, when we read Psalms 23, we said this uh, in the very first episode. Now, I think I've said it just about in every other episode that the Psalms 23 can be centered or, or really anchored in the statement that he restores my soul. And we are in the part of Psalms 23 that helps us understand that as God restores us, we receive all of these other things from God, that we receive the ability to fear no evil because God is with us. We receive the ability to be comforted by his leadership. And not only that, that when other people have hurt us and other people have wounded us, that God will vindicate us. Um, and in the scripture, it tells us that he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, that he will vindicate me in front of those who have uh, caused me harm or maybe talked bad about me or wounded me. And this specific statement that we see, um, he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows, is a picture of God's care and blessing and hospitality to the person that he has set the table before. Now, the latter half of verse five, he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows, actually could uh, have two different contextual meanings based on the rest of Psalms 23. And we're going to look at both of those for just a few minutes, uh, and then I'm going to give you one or two thoughts, and then we'll be done. This actually may be one of my shorter episodes. I know, it's going to break your heart, because you won't get all this 
for as long as you normally do. But I promise it'll still be good. Sometimes you need quality, not quantity, in your time. All right, let's keep going. Um, let's talk about the first, the first context that this scripture could mean. When it says that he anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows, if we connect it directly to the, the first part of the verse, where it says that he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies, it, it gives this picture of inviting someone to dinner, that, that God is setting a table before you, that he is bringing you into a place. He's bringing you maybe into um, his proverbial home, and he's setting a table before you in front of your enemy. Now, in that day, one ritual that would be very... Uh, consistent for someone who had an honored guest would be that when they entered their home, that they would take a cup of oil and anoint their head. Now, there are rituals culturally that are a little odd to me that I don't know what to do with. One of them being, um, and they change regionally, I should say, where I grew up, taking your shoes off in somebody's house as like a grown person or an adult is not something that a lot of people did. It was, it was almost kind of rude to do that. Uh, but where I live now, the ritual is actually to take your shoes off at people's houses. It's rude to not do that. It's very odd. I, I didn't know what to do the first time I went to, or I, the first time I had people over here uh, when we first moved here and everyone just started taking their shoes off. I was like, what is happening right now? People getting way too comfortable up in my house. But it, it, it's a thing here. And so where I grew up, it was the opposite. All of those things are rituals. And this thing that we read in the scripture, that it says that he anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows, very easily could be connected to a ritual of having a guest in your home, an honored guest. That to take a cup of oil and anoint their head uh, would mean to symbolize honor and hospitality while they're in your home. Now, we obviously don't do that. Now, I would be weirded out if somebody, as I walked into their house, slapped my head with some Crisco, right? Like that would be a little weird, but this was a sign of the utmost respect for someone else. And we, we see this as a moment of honor and of blessing. And really it would even be setting up the night to let them know that, hey, when you're in my home, I'm gonna be attentive to you. I'm gonna take care of you because you are an honored guest. And I'm symbolizing that by anointing your head with oil. Now, the second way we could take the scripture contextually is to allow it to refer back to the Lord being a shepherd, the leadership of the shepherd. Now, how does that connect to our oil and heads and all that kind of stuff? Well, it means this, that a, that a shepherd would carry a cup with him. At least he would call it a cup. It would be more like a decanter with a, with a lid or a flask uh, when they were tending to their sheep. And if their sheep had found themselves with a wound or a sore, which would be pretty common because Sheep aren't the smartest animals. They'd go scratch up against a tree or something, and they would scrape themselves, open up a wound, and oftentimes uh, flies would come, get around the wound, and they'd get infected. Well, when that would happen, a uh, shepherd would put a specific type of oil that would cause flies to, to get away from the animal uh, and allow that wound to heal. Now, in my mind, when I think about oil, I would think if you dump some Crisco on a sheep, it would actually make it worse. But whatever they put in that oil, it helped him get rid of the sheep. But so anyway, um, regardless, that 
That's at least what they thought it did. So there is this idea that we see in this passage that it could mean that he's caring for them, uh, caring for his sheep and caring for us like he cares for his sheep, that he anoints our head with oil. When there's a wound, he does what it takes to put us in a posture of healing. He's caring for us. He's showing hospitality for us because hospitality is ultimately, like we said earlier, caring and showing the highest value of the person or in this case, the sheep that's in front of you. Now, regardless of how you take this particular passage, whether you lean more towards it connecting to uh, the table uh, illustration or you see it connecting to the sheep illustration with the shepherd, they're both saying the same thing. They are saying that God cares for you in that moment and that God values you in that moment and is doing something that shows that value. That as we find restoration in our life, that as we really begin to lean in to the finished work of the cross in our life and allow it to do something new inside of us, that we'll experience this deep care from God, that we'll experience this deep hospitality from God. And I think that this is important for us to know because oftentimes we ask the question, man, does God really care about me or does God uh, really see me? And you know what? The truth is that he sees you. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you've been through. And he desires to take you on this road of restoration. He desires to take you on this road of restoration that allows him to lead you like a shepherd so that he can do all of the things that this scripture says, that he can take you to a place of peace, that he can take you to a place of provision, as we've talked about in other episodes, that he can walk you through restoration and allow you to be a person that fears no evil because he is with you and allow his leadership to be comforting and not frustrating to you. And not only that, vindicate you in front of those who've hurt you. And in that vindication, allow, uh, allow a moment where you see how much he values you. You know, if you're like me, I've had moments where I have wondered, does God really care and value me? And this scripture is really articulating this clearly, that yes, God does care and value you, that he's showing hospitality in this story, in this passage, uh, to show us how much he values you, that he values you at the highest level. And often when we ask the question, it's because we really forget the power and the sacrifice that is the finished work of Jesus. That, that God cared so much for us that as John 3.16 tells us that he sent his only begotten son. Why? Because he wanted you to have an access to him. He wanted you to have access to be in relationship with him. He wanted to create a way for you to know him and to receive that affirmation and to receive that value for him. God does care about you. He anoints your head with oil and your cup overflows. That oil that he would anoint your head with, it's overflowing. That's how much care and value and honor God desires to give you. Why? Because as the New Testament tells us, through the finished work of Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of God through that finished work. And if we believe it, and we trust it, and we allow God to lead us uh, deeper and deeper into the reality of the power of the gospel, then we'll receive more and more value than we could ever imagine from Jesus. 
And we have already been given that gift. It's not that we get more as we spend more time with him, but it's it's the new revelation. It's the continual revelation of how much God cares about us. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. I really hope this specifically has been an episode that's encouraged you, that has really um, really given you a feeling of, of significance because you're significant to God. Well, if you'll do two things for me before you click off this video, number one, subscribe to this page if you haven't already here on YouTube. If you're listening to it, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Um, And then take a second and share it with somebody. Let somebody else know that needs this encouragement today, that they're significant to God by just sending it to them. You can hit a share button on any of these platforms and just shoot them a text. Well, until next time, I'm Andy. Thanks so much for listening to the Andy McMillan Podcast. 